Hey everyone, my name is Abraxas. I'm a strategist, thought leader, and creative, and you're listening to the sixth week of IWC Schaffhausen's weekly podcast series, Creators Time. IWC are a luxury watch brand from Switzerland who have decided to partner with me for this amazing six-part series. This week, we're talking about navigating a successful creative career as a mother with Chloe Pierre and IWC's Gael Devens. Can I say hey to Gail and Chloe? How are you both doing? It's been a, well, it hasn't been a minute because I got to speak to you both yesterday. But how are you both doing? Hi, good morning. Good evening. Yeah, I'm doing well. What about you? What about Chloe? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Good, good. Ready to kick this off. I'm going to be honest with you both. I was a little bit nervous. I was like, oh my gosh, like we're, you know, we're talking about like motherhood and work and change. And I then did a bunch of research <laughs> about what it was like um, to, to be a mother and to go back to work and what it's like prior to going, um, having, uh, you know, leave, pregnancy leave. So a lot of research done on my side. So now I have a lot of questions and more so some questions about your careers and how you've been able to kind of navigate all of your creative side endeavors. So before we go on and before I even give you a warm sort of introduction, you have to get make it through the the, the serious round of quick fire questions. Um, so I'm going to throw a question out there. Gail, you're going to reply first, and then Chloe, you'll reply next. Uh, are you both ready? Ready. Ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do this. So quick fire round, let's go. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Breakfast. Breakfast. You see, mothers, that's the, <laughs> that's the only meal we can have in the day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 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 some unison there. I have to say, I like breakfast too, breakfast. The, the, the variety you get at breakfast is incredible, I have to say. Okay. Um, for the rest of your life, you only get to read one type of book. It's either fiction or nonfiction. Where are you going? Nonfiction. I'm going to say nonfiction too. Okay, nonfiction as well. Okay, so we've got two nonfictions here. Third and most serious question here. Third and most serious question. Bit of a scenario. One of your kids has just turned 16. <laughs> they have decided to get their nose pierced or get a tattoo on their wrist. Which one would upset you more? I would probably say the nose piercing. I feel like it's a little bit more permanent, even though the tattoo is actually more permanent. I think I could deal with the tattoo. Piercings, not so much. Okay, okay. <laughs> and Gail, what about you? I think it depends what the tattoo is about. <laughs> yeah. All right, perfect. Thank you so much. I'm going to give you both an introduction. I'm sorry that was so rude of me. I just jumped straight into our quick fire round, but that's the way I like to do it. You made it through, you passed with flying colors. So today we have the opportunity to speak to our two amazing guests. Chloe Pierre is a digital marketer and content creator working with the likes of H&M, Pinterest, Nike, Jordan, Samsung, Calvin Klein, and many others. She's also the founder of wellness community, Thyself which aims to actualize self-care both online and in real life, as well as diversify the wellness community both in the UK and internationally. We also have Gail Devins. Gail Devins is the Department Head of Global Client Experience at IWC. Her impressive career spans multiple countries and companies. Her other passions lie in neuroscience and as a mother of twins, the benefits of having mothers in key leadership positions. 
Very, very, very cool bios, both of you. I have been snooping on your Instagrams. I have been looking at your LinkedIn's. Be prepared <laughs> for some interesting questions. But for now, we're going to do some questions that are aimed at both of you. So first of all, welcome. I hope you're all comfy. I hope you've got some water um, and you're ready to dig into this. So you're both good. You're ready to go? Yes, absolutely. Definitely ready. Let's go. All right. Perfect. First question. And this is... Uh, as I said, I tried to do some reading around this and it nothing really came up. Um, and the things that did come up, I didn't quite understand. So I want to hear from both of your perspectives, uh, starting with you, Gail. How does having a child change your experience at work? Just simply know that, you know, the three things that you realise after having a child, uh, how did that change your experience at work? Um, I think you have to basically put boundaries in place because when you're coming back to the workplace everyone expects you to be the same person that you were before you left and the reality is that your life has changed and your day-to-day -day has changed so it requires a lot of adaptation and communication to make sure that everyone understands who you are now as a person and what you can give and what boundaries you have to put in place for the sake of not only you but as well everyone else around you I, I would say that's the case I don't know about uh, you Chloe but this is what I experienced yeah I think this is quite interesting because boundaries has come up a lot for me this year um, especially since I've had my son but um, I would definitely agree with you I think it's the expectation that yeah you are just gonna return back to normal it's also the expectation of what normal actually is. I found that there just wasn't a lot of understanding, which that hopefully going forward, that's something that I can break down in the communities that I work in. What motherhood looks like, what it looks like when you go back to work. Um, and yeah, for me, I would just definitely say boundaries, but also expectation is a massive part of it. I like that. So we're talking about boundaries and expectations. You've essentially given given birth to a whole new human <laughs> and then you have to go back to a role that you were doing previously or going back to a job or something that you're doing previously and you have to set some boundaries and expectations around what it is you can and cannot do um it's really interesting from my point of view um i've worked at a company for a very long time uh prior to prior to do, doing doing my own thing and it was really interesting. Whenever somebody came back to work, I think that's what we should have asked. We should have asked more questions and said, well, what, what is it you can do? And what is it you can't do? And what is it you feel comfortable with? And, you know, what are your time constraints like now? I don't think we listened enough. Um, and this goes for all of us. I don't think any of us listened enough. Um, and we, we tend to maybe make things up in our head that we thought the person wanted. Is it, oh, you know, you can go home early and you can do these sorts of things. But what is it this person actually needs so they can, you know, essentially look after another a, a new human um so thank you for that and i'm hoping that the people that listen to this will kind of you know listen to the two things that you guys have said in regards to what's it like you know having a child and then going back to work so there was another thing that came up um in my googling um <laughs> other than whipping through both of your you know your linkedins and instagram so on and so forth there was a term that i had just never seen before and this term was pregnancy discrimination and I was like, well, what, is, what, is that, what does that mean? Um, so I kind of did a bit more digging. So it's the idea that women come back to work and they find that they have fewer responsibilities or they weren't considered for promotion, among other things. Um, so my question, and I'll throw it to you first, Chloe, is, 
you know, did you experience any of this and how did you navigate it? And also, what advice can you give to somebody else who may be going through that now? Yeah, I think that's really important. It's a really important discussion, full stop. Um, What I would say is that the landscape that I work in is a little bit different because I'm a founder. Um, I generally work as a self-employed slash freelance person. So my work environment is just very different from the typical office environment. Um, If you add in the pandemic, because I had my my baby during the pandemic and we still are currently navigating that space, um, I'm still learning just as much as everyone else. But as a self-employed person, as a founder, I think what I noticed is the conversations and I guess in a way the discriminations that came about prior to me having a baby. So it was the assumption that as soon as I found out that I was pregnant and I announced it to the world, that I would essentially just stop working, put my feet up um, and kind of just disappear. And I think the problem with that is, is that again, people aren't necessarily asking me what I want to do. They're not taking into consideration that I have a business that is a responsibility in itself. Thyself was my first baby that I created um, and it's very much important to me and its longevity is equally as important as the life of my own baby. So um, the fact that people thought that I should just stop um, or, you know, comments made during meetings, um, quite professional meetings about me possibly being hormonal um, as a reason why... Um, I was flagging a few things that I didn't find professional or that weren't working in the environments I was working in, which, you know, I still stand by. I think they're very valid. Um, It wasn't it had nothing to do with me and the hormones pumping around my body. And I found that to be not only disrespectful, but very much a part of the conversation about discrimination. Um, And funny enough, it was a female that said it to me, another female founder. So it almost made me feel as if my time was essentially running. Um, my, my time was up as a founder, as an entrepreneur, because I decided to have a baby. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, I, you know, I've never been in any rooms where anything like that was said. I think I would definitely have come to your aid there. Chloe, not that you would have needed it, but I would have been like, hey, that's, uh, that's neither here nor there. But thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being so honest. Um, Gail, what about you? Yes, I heard about the term, but I was lucky enough to not have had to experience it. Um, you know, I work for a company that has been extremely supportive throughout the entire journey, and I know that it's not common in the corporate world. So I'm very grateful and thankful for the support uh, from the company as soon as they found out I was pregnant. And, you know, twin pregnancy is not easy. You have a lot of unexpected things and you have to learn to let go of control and you, you never know if you are going to make up to be able to work to the end or not. But uh, it was a journey for me, it was a journey for them and they've stood along uh, my side the whole way. So for that, I, I haven't experienced it directly. What I can relate to, and it's not discrimination uh, in a way, but it's more related to what goes on in the head of a woman that wants to have a career and wants to have a family is that 
what is sad is that we have to plan when to have a baby so that it doesn't disrupt the past that we have for ourselves and our career. You know, a guy doesn't need to choose when they want to have a family. They can continue their journey. They see their progression and they see their next steps and nothing disrupts it. But when you are a woman, uh, you always plan around that and you are afraid that, uh, you know, if it's, uh, it's, uh, if it's at a certain time, it's going to block your next promotion or at least that's how I've experienced it. And maybe it's too much pressure that I've put on myself. I'm not sure, but this is the reality of what I went through. And in retrospect, what I would say is that none of that matter because you don't know when you are going to be able to have a family. You don't know how long it's going to take you. And this is one of the things in life that you can actually plan. You know, you just have to decide what you want. And once you want it, uh, you just go with the flow and you try and you see when when it's going to happen. And, and the timing is going to be the right timing. And, and uh, this is what I learned through the journey. But um, it's not discrimination purposes but discrimination in the sense of how we have to make a choice you know as a woman that's that's what i would uh, answer to your question that is super interesting and i have heard complaints uh, it was only when i first started working in the office and the people that i started my sort of office career with um some of the women were just saying well you know at this point i'm starting to think about having a child and they were like well it's almost like child or career there was no in between. It's like, oh, I want to get promoted first. And I was like, why do you care? Like, surely they're like, well, no, I really need to get promoted before I go off and have a baby. And I was like, wow, I've never, ever had to think about that. Not, not once, right? If I were to have a child with somebody, then I would continue to go to work and spend as much time as I could with this person and try to do as much as I could to aid them. But I wouldn't think it would have any negative impact on my career. So thank you once again, Chloe, and thank you, Gail, for sharing uh, and shedding a little more light on this. What I want to touch on here quickly is, you know, looking at the shape of maternity leave. Now, another thing that I wasn't aware of, right, that there is no standard for maternity leave. Some countries have, you know, no time off and it's your job that then lets you know how much time you have off. And some countries, let's say that, you know, the man and the woman have to take some time off, which I think is absolutely incredible. So with that being said, um, and I'll throw this to you first, Gail, in terms of maternity leave, do you think there is a golden rule that we could have here? Um, should every country have a certain amount of time off? Or do you think this depends on the person that some people can stay, take maternity leave and be ready in a quicker amount of time than some others? Um, is there a golden rule here? Let us know what you think around this subject. I'm not sure there is a golden rule. I think it's about knowing when you are healed. You know, going through a pregnancy requires time to recover, to adjust to your new role altogether. And some people may do it faster than others. So I think it really depends on, on the individual. What we can um, consider, however, is the fact that so far, it all relates to the mother. And in some countries, you actually have the luxury to have uh, paternal maternity and, and mother maternity. But today I read something that was quite amazing. Uh, a company in the UK is actually starting to offer grandparents uh, 
you know, live so that they can support the family. Uh, the title of the show that we are talking during today is all about community, right? To raise a child, it takes a village. And the fact that you can expand beyond one person uh, for the responsibility of doing that journey is nice. It's great. So maybe it's not about having a golden rule. Maybe it's expanding a little bit the horizon that it always relates to the mother and that we can actually include other people. That is a great idea um, to get the family involved as well. I know in Sweden, I believe it's the the mother and father, which I think is super cool, uh, su uh, a very cool way of doing it. And you can stagnate your time as well. Um, Chloe, what about you? What do you think about this? Um, you know, is there a golden rule? Um, is there a certain amount of weeks? Um, should there be a bare minimum um, maternity leave? Um, what do you think? I think that we should open it up. And I think that would require... Um, companies to look within look at their structures look at the kind of workload look at the output look what look at what they expect from each of their employees regardless of gender um and i think that they should take that into consideration they could take in consideration um the seasons how they work the the industry itself um i notice that tech companies most tech companies have started to adopt this annual holiday um, allowance, which is a, basically a free-for-all. So there's no specific holiday entitlement. And I think that that is a conversation in itself, but it's very interesting. And I think it gives room to people to choose what works for them. And I think maybe something similar should be rolled out across different industries where there is an unlimited amount of time when it comes to um, maternity leave. But of course, there's going to be structure around that. There's structure around the current holiday entitlement for those companies that take on that kind of um, that current scheme. Um, how do I feel about, I guess maternity leave in general I think in these western countries and western civilizations that we currently live in I can speak for myself living in the UK like Gail said there's a real focus on women um, there's not so much focus on community and I do think that that needs to be adjusted and I think personally again as a founder you know there should be a lot more just a lot more resources around what maternity leave looks like. There should be more conversations like the one we're having today about maternity leave for someone that's self-employed or running their own business. Because for me personally, it's not something that I really considered because I had no idea what to expect. Um, again, a lot of people told me that I'd need to put my feet up. And of course, I definitely needed to. But there just wasn't much support as in how I go about um, finding any kind of help, maternity leave. I th initially thought because I was self-employed that I wouldn't get any maternity benefits here in the UK when that was in fact incorrect. So I actually had to go out and source that information myself, which of course works. But I think if there was more resources readily available, that would be a lot more beneficial, especially as a lot more people are starting to leave the traditional workplace now and they are starting their own businesses, their own companies. Chloe, thank you so much. So there's two things I'm, I'm taking away from this. Um, 
One being that there should be more conversations about it, allowing for people to know more. Um, you know, you said as a founder, you weren't sure what benefits were out there for you. And two, it is less so about one person and less so about, you know, man and woman and more so about community. If there was a community aspect where, you know, extended family could maybe get some time off too to help with the load, it would truly make things easier. So those are two things that I'm definitely going to leave here with and uh, think about a lot more. So thank you, Chloe, and thank you, Gail. Before we start, you know, opening up this room to the community and get some people up on stage to throw some questions your way, um, I've got one more big question for both of you and then one individual question for both of you as well. So the big question I have here is, I think it's great that um, companies are starting to be a lot more diverse and starting to think more. And there is a big word that seems to be permeating through every company right now. And that word is empathy. One thing I would like to ask you is, you know, when you think about the skills it takes to be a mother, and I can only imagine, right? What skills or what two skills you believe translate brilliantly into being female leaders in the workplace? So, you know, when you become a mother, during the first two years after you have your child, you have a lot of neurological changes that are happening in your brain. And in fact, what happens is that you lose gray matters, but you increase your weight matters. Your white matters gives you access to what we call a more of a social brain. So it creates social awareness and empathy. And these are actually two skill sets that you can transfer very easily in the workplace because these emotions actually are fantastic because you can in that way be in touch with your needs, your emotions, your intentions. But with that, you can connect and you can relate with everyone that is around you in the workplace. So we all know that the corporate world, the office environment, you know, one of the key traits of a fantastic leader is someone who actually can read effectively people's emotion and can exhibit empathy. Because if you do that, then you have this transformational leader mindset where you can bring the best out of the people. So for me, definitely those two skill sets are the ones that uh, have come out and uh, actually are backed up by neuroscience. It's fantastic to read all these articles that are up and coming because it's actually changing the way we look at motherhood and mothers coming back to the workplace. You know, it's, it's, it's great to see that, um, for example, now you can have the backup of the article saying that the mummy brain actually makes a better bus business brain. It's a bit like your brain has been remodeled to be firing better than ever so that uh, you can perform in the workplace. I like that response. And I'm going to shift into some neuroscience questions towards you very shortly, Gail. But Chloe, what about you? What do you think, you know, some of these skills that, you know, what's it innately or skills that you learn as you're a mother, you know, how do they translate to the workplace? How do they make you a great founder? I would definitely say, and I think Gail can really appreciate this as well, is that you become a master well, you learn to master the art of project management um, because you're essentially project managing your own life um, and you're trying to fit in every part of, you know, your life with a baby and you're you're very much more accommodating. Um, I would definitely say that 
I'm more understanding of other mothers now. I'm understanding of other people. So the empathy side has definitely come through a lot more. Um, But I would say, yeah, I'm definitely much more organised. I'm considerate of things that maybe I wouldn't be so considerate of before, like travel time and the necessity of being in certain rooms, certain spaces. Um, And I guess also you learn to speak up. You learn to speak up for whether it's yourself or other people. Sometimes it's generally other people because you're doing the same thing for yourself, for your family. But yeah, I definitely think speaking up is a new skill. You, I guess you learn your voice as a mother because it's I wouldn't say do or die but you are definitely in a different space where everything matters to you now so yeah the game has changed I would say I agree completely with Chloe and I think uh, you know I liked to do list before where I had all my attempts but at the moment they become crazy long I think that's uh, the organizational aspect is one uh, key element that came out of motherhood because you have to create compartments in your list in your life you have to be super organized in order to fulfill your duties not only as a mother but as a partner as a lover as as Uh, employer so yeah definitely organization organization and uh, speaking up I like that very much Chloe because you actually don't have the luxury of time anymore so you have to be super clear in your communication your needs your expectations of others in order to simply survive and I don't know if there are any twin mothers in the room listening, but when you're a twin mother, you definitely have to learn how to create uh, the fastest and most efficient, uh, you know, change of, of diapers and so on. So you really relook really at everything that is around efficiencies. I love that. Um, <laughs> two interesting shares there. Well, do you know what? It's interesting. Having the opportunity to be in an office and work around other mothers, I definitely did notice a change uh, once they'd come back. I wouldn't be able to quite put my finger on it, but now that you guys are speaking to it and speaking to what some of the struggles may be and how you had to maybe stay ahead of the game and project manage your life a little more, it really does make sense. <laughs> some of the women I worked around um, became better when they came back to work. Um, and there was just a different air about them. As I said, difficult to, to verbalize, but there was definitely something different there. So thank you, Gail, and thank you, Chloe. Gail, I've got a question for you now, uh, for, for you in particular. You've got an interest in neuroscience. What sparked this? And I've also done some research to find out that you've done some coaching as well. So I have to ask, what, neuroscience coaching, twins, what is going on? And, and at what point did you, did you, it looks like you went back to school and pursued coaching. When did this happen? Yes, good question. I was crazy enough to go back to school when I was pregnant with twins while still working with IWC. Um, when I discovered I was expecting our twins, I thought to myself, I could not look into their eyes and tell them to chase their dreams if I was not chasing mine. And mine was always to try to make a difference in people's life, to make them feel better, happier, more in their flow and to tell them to chase their dreams, you know, to make sure that there are no limitations to your own beliefs so that you can always have the power and and the trust that whatever you want to achieve, you can. Um, 
And I, I had to pause and I had to ask myself the question, am I doing that? And I was listening to what my inner calling was and my inner calling was telling me that I was not because I really wanted to discover what the world of coaching and helping people could be like beyond working at IWC. And so I decided to embark uh, into a journey with a school to become a coach at 42 years old with a belly that was growing exponentially uh, week after week. And I managed to finish on time and finish at the same time than everyone else and then go back to work as a as normal and I had realized one of my dearest dreams. So neuroscience is actually the second part of the journey I would say because when I was coming back to the workplace I really wanted to try to influence the workplace in a way that we could welcome mothers uh, maybe in a different way that we can facilitate the transition because you are no longer the person that you were once. I wanted to test a few things you know on how we can look at individuals and at teams in a different way to make sure that you look at who they are who they truly are as individuals and through all this journey of learning what coaching is about I found myself and I had to unlearn what I had learned before in order to become this new person with this new mindset and and, and try to make a change. Incredible. Unlearn what I had learned in order to, to pursue what you truly wanted to do. This is, I talk about unlearning all the time. <laughs> um, we've had many IWC conversations, you know, start to walk in that light of what did I have to unlearn in order to move forward? Um, and it's brilliant that you bring that up. And congratulations, because having twins and going back to school I can only imagine being insanely difficult. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. Chloe, I have a question for you. As somebody who's also a content creator, I look at your Instagram, you know, your Instagram is great, by the way, you've got 12.9K followers. And I wanna throw a question to you about privacy. So with your firstborn, um, I've noticed that on your Instagram, you tend to have them in pictures but keep them at a distance or have their face kind of away. I have a question. In terms of social media, how do you think it's best implemented with young children? Um, what sort of your model as somebody who is, as I said, I wanna say you're in these social media streets, you're out here doing your thing, you've got a bunch of followers and good ones at that. So how do you manage that? How do you manage, you know, maybe keeping your child's life private and doing the things you do on social media. It seems, and being a founder, it seems like quite the trio to juggle. What I've learned is that um, most mothers are just essentially superwomen in themselves. It's not a term that I want to subscribe to, but I think it's definitely a compliment to give to another mum because essentially we are juggling quite a lot. Even if you are a stay-at-home mum, guaranteed you're juggling a lot. Um, I don't think we should underestimate how hard having a baby and taking care of them is in general. But what I would say is when it comes to social media, there's no one size fits all. 
what your earlier question was what advice or what do I think is a standard um I'm paraphrasing but I I wouldn't want to lecture or give another mother unsolicited advice about how to have a child and run social media um in the same breath I think for me privacy is very important having worked in social media most of my career as a digital marketer I understood the lack of privacy being a content creator has or just being on the internet um can have and I wanted to prioritize that privacy I had already been practicing elevating my privacy when it comes to the internet and social media from way before I had my son so um, it seemed only right to do the same thing once he was here Um, I actually didn't announce my pregnancy to most people until I was seven months pregnant and that was when I felt comfortable to announce Um, It allowed me a lot of space to continue working and to, I guess, future-proof myself and my business. Um, But also when it comes to social media, I don't show his face. um, I don't show, I don't say his name, his real name. um, And that's because I want to give him the choice. You know, the internet and the world, I'm sure, is going to be a very different place when he is my age or when he's you know, legally able to access and be present on the internet without my kind of moderation or his dad's moderation. But I I just wanted to give him the choice to do that. And I personally didn't want to strip him of that kind of right before, you know, I just didn't want to do that. I personally think as well that there are lots of pictures and content of children online so adding my child wasn't going to make that much of a difference um so that was another reason and yeah just it's like the obvious understanding of safety and privacy on the internet I think every mother should think about that but I wouldn't want to you know delegate what they should be doing I think that's totally up to them however I think you need to just be very aware of the consequences of both sides really if you're enjoying this conversation you'll really enjoy the other IWC podcast partners in time Hosts Chris Granger and Paul Ripke take turns to interview some of the most interesting and successful people on the planet. From Formula One driver Lewis Hamilton to prophetic photographer Missan Haram. Go subscribe to IWC Spotify to listen to even more amazing conversations. Now back to Creators Time. I'm really intrigued to get some people up and just, yeah, have a conversation with you. Tabitha, I hope you've been enjoying the conversation. What question do you have for Gail or Chloe or both? My question is, the best advice that I was given is to lead by example, because you can't control everything. And I was wondering what the best advice both of you were given. I thought straight away, um, I wish I was given great advice. I wish I was given 
more tailored advice. So I can't really say that I was given any advice apart from that whatever I choose to do is probably the right thing for me and my child and my family and to stick by that and to not second guess myself because I guess as new mothers, young mothers, um, I think you can, it's very easy to um, doubt your decisions and to go back and forth with people that maybe don't have that much experience either. Um, I could speak to my grandmother, I could speak to my mother, I could speak to my aunties, but none of them have had a baby during the pandemic. Um, whilst being self-employed, being multi-hyphenated individual. Um, so, you know, stick with what is right for you and your family, make an informed decision, advocate for yourself. Um, and yeah, just do as much research as you feel comfortable doing to make the decisions that you feel comfortable making. For me, it depends on if you look at advice as a mother or if you look at advice as a mother returning to the workplace because there I have received two different advices. So, as a mother, I was told to listen, my, to listen to my gut feeling and my instinct because no one else than yourself knows your children better than anyone else. And we have a tendency in life to second-guess ourselves When in reality, when you are the mother, you have produced, in my case, those two little things and you actually know them better than anyone else. So even though you don't know why you want to do something or why uh, there is something that you want to try out, that is something that usually you don't do, you should just go for it and, and, and try it out. And as a mother returning to the workplace, I have a friend who told me to learn the art of saying no and to push back and uh, for me it was very difficult to do so before because I um, always was ready to take on new projects and uh, to try to outperform what I was doing in the past and in reality when you're a mother we, we discussed about uh, together with Chloe and Abraxas at the beginning the notion of establishing boundaries is very similar to the art of learning to say no. Oh, two really good responses. Um, two very different responses as well. Thank you. All right. Up next, Jess. Jess Anastasi, I hope you are doing well. What question do you have for Gail or Chloe or both? Uh, hello, both of you. It's so fabulous to hear you both talk. Um, as a non-mother, um, but also I would like to give myself the career girl title. I guess what I want to hear is, Is it possible? And what are the positives? <laughs> Because definitely at the moment, and I guess it's kind of society telling me that I potentially have to choose one or the other, career or children. Um, so I'd really like to hear from both of you. You don't have to choose. You can have everything. You can be a devoted mother and a very successful career woman. Um, You have to go after your dream. I think the most important question is not how you are going to do it, is to always ask yourself the question of what is it that you actually want? And if your dream is to have a family, then the how is secondary. You will figure it out. And it's totally possible. It just takes um, 
you, you need to make sure that you have the right setup, the right surrounding, that you are a match in terms of your values and the values of your employer so that you can s set yourself for success when you uh, embrace this new chapter of your life. But I mean, definitely is the most beautiful life experience and the rest really becomes secondary. You can make anything coexist uh, as, a, as a family or as a career woman. You just have to ask yourself what it is that you want. I would totally agree with that. Um, I definitely think you can have whatever you want. I think it's more about you, your drive, how you're going to go about it, seeking out the right resources, making sure that you have support um, and maybe looking at how support has changed from, I guess, traditional um, forms and frameworks of support. Um, but I definitely think it's possible. Um, I guess I'm living proof of that. And, you know, I went back and worked on a YouTube project at five weeks postpartum. Um, I wasn't forced to do it. I wanted to do it and I made it work. Um, I employed a nanny. I made sure that all the support that I needed was there. And I was still able to hug my son in between meetings. I was able to um, bring him on to meetings. Um, and I think... By having more people in this space, the diversity around motherhood in business, I think it will change things for the better in the future. And whilst you can't necessarily plan everything, you can, I guess, make yourself a little bit more prepared. It's just like saving for a house. You can save for the life that you want. Um, it's very possible to do all of that. Thank you for the question, Jess. All right, Tina Ruba. Hope you've enjoyed the conversation thus far. Um, do you have any questions for Gail or Chloe or both? Yeah, I have a question too, or more, I am asking for recommendations for Gail and Chloe. Looking back, would you recommend both something that you would have done different in terms of be driving your career and being a mother or planning to be a mother? Would you have would you not look that much into security or, yeah, and things like that? So it would be really interesting to hear if you have ever think about that. I should have done this earlier or not, or maybe later, or the timing was wrong. I think it's really hard to say. Um, I don't mind being very clear. I'm um, a 34-year-old mum. My son is now four months old. So I'm not exactly a young mum. Um, but I'm not old. I, I, you know, I don't really know where to place myself. Um, I, I think now that I've had him, I wouldn't... It's a really hard one to say because I think everything happens when it's meant to be. But I could have definitely waited a little bit longer to have my son. Um but I think the timing was right. Um, I'm living by that. Um, but I also just would take away any kind of expectations because I guess as a woman, as a person, you can find kind of expectations, yes, in the workplace, but, you know, you can also get them from your relationships, from your friendship groups, um, from your kind of personal life. So I think just staying true to what is right for you um, and as I've said it before, I just think advocating for yourself is something that I would have done a lot earlier. 
I would have been a lot more um, comfortable with myself in my kind of confidence, in my word, in my voice. And I would have taken that on a little bit earlier if I could turn back the hands of time. So uh, for me, I would not change anything simply because um, in order to have a family, I had to write uh, to meet the right partner. And sometimes in life you wish for many things, but they don't happen on your own timing or your own desire. So I met my partner uh, later in life. Uh, Chloe, you're a young mother in my opinion, because I am a dinosaur of a mother when I listen to your age. I'm a 42 years old mother of twins. And I had them when I was told that I could not have children. And not only one, came out but we had two in one go you know so for me I think it's not about planning out your life you have to go with the flow you have to have the right circumstances you have to meet the right people you have to feel it and then it happens you know it's not about always planning and controlling every single aspect of what you desire because sometimes it just doesn't happen and whatever your dream is you just have to chase it and go after it so for me there is not one single aspect of the journey that I would change every chapter of the book led me to the next one I grew up as a person as an individual every breakup or break break breakout stories really made me stronger and put me on the path to meet that special person and then have a family so look at it in a holistic way in a holistic manner and that's the journey of your life thank you so much girl and thank you so much Chloe and what the last thing I would love to have from both of you before we close this incredible room out is this. Is there one piece of advice, just one, and it can be in terms of anything, in terms of career, in terms of motherhood, in terms of both, in terms of life, in terms of flow, is there one piece of advice? Because I feel like, and the more I speak to you both, I feel like you've both come to a point where you've kind of accepted flow. There may have been some real rigor in what you were doing in the past before and everything was maybe very strategic and very, but it sounds like you're both in a place of flow here. So with that being said, is there one piece of advice that you have for anybody who's in the audience listening, who has been waiting for a forum like this? And I think these discussions should be happening way more often. So thank you to both of you for coming. But is there one piece of advice? And we'll start with you, Chloe, and then we'll go on to Gail. So, Chloe, one piece of advice. I would say be the change that you want to see. If you're joining this call and if you're thinking, I wish my company would do that or I wish I could implement that, go ahead and do it. You are not only doing it for yourself, but you're doing it for people that are coming up currently and also the ones that are coming after you. Um, And I think that's where the real change comes from. And I would say listen to your inner voice because it is the universe manifesting through you so follow your dream and chase them wow thank you so much to both of you it's rare that i get to have conversations like this so i really am taking my hat off to both of you and and i'm so happy that you're both here talking to me about this i feel like i've learned so much in such a short amount of time Thank you so much, Gail. Thank you so much, Chloe. And thank you to everybody. Uh, It's an absolute pleasure to be here. And with that, everybody have an amazing evening. Gail, Chloe, thanks again. Peace, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.